I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. But I have certainly let go of a lot of hardcore principles, and dare I even say dogma, you know, around what it means to be healthy. Learn to listen to the whispers the body gives us before they turn into screams. I don't recommend any guy get on, even consider TRT until the age of 30, honestly, even 35. I've been reading the same book every day for eight years. That everyone is Chase Tuning, and he is a health coach turned podcaster, and his podcast called Ever Forward is just about perfectly curated for a guy like me. All of the people in nutrition and fitness and wellness and mental health all find their way into a conversation with Chase. In this episode, we talk about challenging your fitness assumptions, adjusting how you think about your health as you grow and as you age. We talk about questioning questions. <laughs> we talk about the importance of being intentional with your media consumption. This is a really, really like based, grounded, podcast conversation with someone that I have a lot in common with and we dive into some some areas that I think you'll find very very interesting uh, I also appeared on his podcast ever forward and you can go listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts and I one thing that I want to just kind of call attention to is that we have to be very careful and very intentional with the podcasts that we listen to choose wisely what you're putting into your brain and please choose this this here podcast over and over and go listen to ever forward with chase as always you can find me on instagram at real sean mccormick or go to seanmccormick.com to learn more about what i do as a coach and personal development and shop around for biohacking gear ladies and gentlemen i can't wait to share this episode with you chase is such a fun guy and uh i'll let her rip ladies and gentlemen chase tuning and I'm here with Chase Tuning. He's a wellness entrepreneur and a podcaster. Chase, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Sean, it's a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me here. I'm stoked to dive into optimal performance. It's something that you know I strive for every damn day, and uh, no doubt we're gonna we're gonna dissect a few a few things. Hopefully, that the listener can take home, man. I I want to throw you a curveball right from the get go. What? Ooh, all right. You told me that you were gonna record a a solo podcast right after this. And so what is it about? What are you going to record? What are you going to, do you know, are you going to, are you going to improvise? Like, what is it? Great question, man. Very, very, uh, very poignant for today. So I'm actually on the fence between, I'll say repurposing an episode that uh, I was on a guest. I was a guest on a show last fall that I feel is a very great next step, like a personal addition to the episode that I had go live earlier this week, uh, an interview um, all around kind of mental health and a variety of ways of holistic healing with this expert. Now I, I feel like my story would be a great kind of continuation from that. So it's either going to be that, but I'm still going to chop it up a little bit and do a new intro and kind of make it more timely. But also I've been making these notes, just brain dumping, downloading, you know, as I'm receiving these downloads, whatever you want to call it you know, through some meditation, through some walking, through just random thoughts in the shower that have kind of become my my new notebook for what I'm calling, you know, ever forward is my brand is the mantra is this theme that I live my life, but I'm really trying to just drop these rules that I live by. And so I've got on my notes, on my phone, I just pulled it up, but you know, about 30, 35 now, just little one liners. But for me, it's very easy to expand upon them just a little a little nugget, something that I do as like an infrastructure to my wellness, to my habits, to my mental health, my physical health relationships. I got a couple that I, I really want to expand on that I think I'm feeling much more now than lately. So it's either going to be a little repurpose or I'm cracking open these, these ever forward rules that I live by. Dig it. Dig it. Obviously that was not premeditated by my, on my, on my side at all. Cause I didn't know. Uh, well, let's keep, let's go deeper. What, what maybe share with us two or three of these rules that you live by um, and just to get the juices flowing. It's going to make this next uh, this next podcast that you're recording for yourself this much easier. Oh, beautiful, man. I love it. Yeah. So actually, you know, the first one, and as I was kind of writing these down and as I'm sharing them out more with the world, I say it's really in no particular order, but I do feel like this one is a great one to start with. Number one, rules only exist to provide you with a starting point of what to question first. Question everything. 
find which questions are temporary, which ones I still feel in alignment with, and which ones I didn't even know I was following. That one is probably, I think, a great, mm. great starting point. Um, and the second one, another one, I would say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. Can you repeat okay. that? Because I think that's really interesting. Okay. So I feel like rules only exist to provide us with a starting point of what we should question first, we should question everything, we should find which questions are temporary, which ones maybe we still feel in alignment with and have been following for quite some time, and which ones that we didn't even know that we were following. Hmm. We could we could go off on that tangent mm. for a bit, but I do mm -hmm. want to give us give us maybe I'll circle back to that because I love love that. What but what was what was the next one that you were going to share? Yeah, I would lean into maybe something different, kind of more in the wellness neck of the woods. For me, sleep is king. Sleep is paramount. Something that I've prioritized in my kind of personal wellness hierarchy for probably the past four years now. And one of the rules I've written down is that quality sleep is the most important marker for your health. Hmm. And how do you measure your quality sleep? For me, it looks like, am I waking up consistently around the same time? Am I going to bed consistently around the same time? And do I consistently feel when I wake up refreshed, energized, ready to go, other than maybe a couple seconds of shaking the sleepies out of my eyes, but you know, really it should be a few seconds, maybe a minute or two after waking up and I'm ready to go. Uh, I can just, I can go, I can take the dog out, I can get my day started and I'm energized. I, I feel ready to take on the day. And then also at the night, at the nighttime, the bookend, I'm tired physically and mentally, and I'm not laying my head down and still needing to count sheep or going over what didn't I get to do or what do I have to do tomorrow just fully satisfied with the day's accomplishments physically and mentally. So I can also be physically and mentally tired enough to go to sleep. And that one for me is pretty, pretty solid. My wife would agree. I hit the pillow and about three seconds later, I'm out and I'm stone cold sleeper. I'm the same way. And, and I, and I realize how enviable a skill that is for our loved ones. My, it pisses my wife off like crazy because because when your partner falls asleep before you and you and you have and it's let's just say in our case as guys we fall asleep before they do and then maybe i'm breathing loud which is mm. right and, and i've and i've cured snoring if you want a snoring cure i found i found mouth I, tape for you it's not mouth tape uh. and let me unpack I'll, I'll circle back and unpack that because this is this is a game changer i think for a lot of dudes but it is a superhuman skill to be able to fall asleep quickly. And it's also not fair to our wives because, <laughs> because they're listening to us breathing and they're ruminating or whatever, you know, women are, you know, tend to ruminate even more than guys anyway. Um, but I've always been that way. I've always been able to fall asleep really quickly. So now we have to time it so that like she has a long enough runway to fall asleep. And then like, I kind of wait for her. I got you like, tracking. And then I just turn it off and, and then I'm asleep in a second. So there here's here I'll share this because this and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but maybe maybe people have missed it. So my dad's on a CPAP, right? He's he's uh, CPAP is like one of those forced air breathing devices. A lot of guys are. I don't know if you follow Derek. More plates, more dates. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. He talks a lot about sleep apnea, especially guys sleep who apnea, have yeah. have a lot of muscle mass. It's an issue for them. So I have typically been a, a bad snorer for a long time. You know, I've got a fair amount of muscle mass. It's worse when I've, you know, been had a couple of beers. It's worse if I've smoked weed like after 3 p.m., which I've cut way back on anyway. So there's a distinction between snoring. I tried the mouth taping and I was still snoring. And the reason was is because my my tongue was relaxing and falling into the back of my throat. Uh -huh. So even though my mouth is closed. Mm -hmm. I'm still snoring. I found this device. It's called Good Morning. And what it is, is it's this like rubber suction cup that pulls your tongue out in front of your teeth while you sleep. It pulls your tongue forward in front of your teeth. So your mouth stays open and your tongue pokes out. And that keeps your tongue from falling back and uh, getting stuck in the back of your throat and making you snore. And that that's comfortable. That's not super awkward to go to sleep with. It was for like a week. And, and now 
it was for like a week. And, and after that week, I, I went from three to five episodes an evening of my wife, like nudging me and oh, saying wow. over to zero. It's crazy. Damn. Okay. Solid. I mean, Hey, there's a hack for everybody out there and you know, everybody's different. Right. So yeah, I I've tried the hostage tape and I've tried um, a dream recovery or I've seen dream recovery is another brand I see out there that I, that I like, but I've tried hostage tape that it was actually Greg gave it to me ah. uh, when I was up at his place last. Um, yeah. And it, I wouldn't say it was a huge noticeable difference for me in terms of my sleep quality, because I already had that pretty dialed in, but it was great for my wife because she goes, ever since you started using it, I don't hear you snore. So my sleep is better. So sometimes these hacks aren't always just for us. It might be for the people in our immediate surroundings too, which then turns our household into a better environment, increases the quality of your relationships, less stress, so on and so forth. So interesting perspective. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So now I want to backpedal a little bit and, and unpack this a little bit more. So for those of you all have done the intro by now, so people understand your background as, um, as a certified health coach, you, uh, that, that's why we're dorking out on sleep hacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So early in the podcast, um, but, but your, your background is interesting with, uh, with time in the military and, um, your, your time as, you know, a, an employee, and a health coach going and and turning a side gig into your main thing, which I definitely want to go uh, unpack here in a minute. But one thing that I want to that I want to kind of get to faster is this is this idea of generalism. And I find that myself, I'm sort of a um, uh, it's an issue for me because I I know a whole bunch of different stuff, right? I started flotation therapy centers um, here in Seattle, you know, psychedelia, life coaching, biohacking, all this stuff. I know a whole bunch about a whole bunch, but then it's like, then the niche is too wide, right? Mm -hmm. And how can I be of service? How can I, how can I really get at my mission if my mission is kind of all over the place? And as I look at your background and I see the guests that you have on your podcast and I see you're, you are, it seems like you're kind of the same way, you know, a whole bunch about a whole bunch, you know, when it comes to health and performance, do you, do you ever find an issue with that? Because I think that my listeners and probably your listeners too, are, are interested, curious people. And they, they, they want, they know a whole bunch of stuff. If they listen to your or my podcast, they know a whole bunch of stuff and they want to be able to serve. They want to be able to help their friends, their family, or start their own side hustle but what about this issue that I have sometimes, which is like the the pitfalls of being a generalist? Do you experience that or am I projecting on you? No, man, I totally feel that. I totally relate. And I think if you're someone in the profession, let's say you're a coach, you're a trainer, you're a life coach, you're you know in any kind of health, wellness, fitness, personal development space, I think from the business perspective, and of course, marketing and client attribution and retainment, you really do need to stay niche. You, you need to kind of really make yourself known as or really target a certain type of person. It's the age old saying, right? You know, if you can help everyone, you can't help anyone. Right. And so from especially in the beginning stages, I'm speaking in generalities now, but you know, I, I think in, back in my uh, my day when I was getting started, I, I really did try to niche and get specific with people. But I'm sure you can relate as we embark upon this wellness journey, personal development journey, biohacking journey, just optimization in, in every aspect of our lives internally and externally, you inevitably are going to be working on every area of your life, right? Because you realize, oh, by doing one thing, more or by doing one thing better or by even just doing one thing maybe this was a thing that we never did before and for most people this is fitness most people this is taking care of your your exterior self you know i'm going to get stronger i'm going to get leaner i'm going to lose body fat i'm going to gain muscle mass i'm going to start jogging i'm going to go to yoga whatever it typically starts with the physical self because we think if i'm going to get better if i'm going to get healthier if i'm going to make any improvement in my life I got to start with my body. And I do think that's a very great place to start. And it's very easy for most people. Hell, it's the freest thing we can do. We can just Ah. go for a run. We can do some push-ups. We can do whatever. 
And then after you get a few wins and actually you feel, literally feel better, you get some kind of ROI in terms of metabolism, energy, sleep, cognition, memory focus, endurance, all these things, maybe even like the way that, you know, your body's changing, you see a transformation. And so it's a very tangible, real thing. It's like, what else can I do? What else can I hack? What else can I improve? What else can I add to my, you know, routine? You know, am I going to be reading more? Am I going to be diving into to brain health? Do I need to work on my gut health? Do I want to, you know, insert any other area of our life here? And so I think it's inevitable that we all realize this, whether we're the one personally doing it or the professional trying to help others do it. So we all know this is going to come. But to start, you absolutely, I think you need to get niche, you need to get specific. But then, you know, to kind of come full circle, you know, where I'm at, it kind of sounds like you are too a little bit is after you do this for years, you know, I, I personally have been on my my wellness journey 17, 18 years now. And I've been doing it professionally for about 12, you know, both in clinics, in a corporate life and on my own. And so I've done a lot, I've tried a lot, and I'm pretty much at a place where I know what works best for me, what I'm absolutely willing to do and going to do and what just doesn't serve me and just isn't worth my time or is not in, I don't have a hard enough goal around something to maybe go more in extreme, like, bodybuilding or competitive powerlifting or staying, you know, six pack shredded year around. It's just for me, you know, why, but I do know enough of other things to still to still serve me. Um, and especially as like a content creator, as a podcaster, as someone who puts out information and talks with other people and shares what I'm going through. Yeah, I think on the other on the receiving end, it could be kind of confusing or all over the place if you're not also kind of where I am in that journey. Like Chase, you know, today you, sh you shared a great tip on sleep health, but yesterday you were talking about stoicism. Should I be working on my mindset or should I be hacking my sleep? You know, my short answer to that is it all matters. Mm. But the caveat being pick one thing that stands out to you the most that you can stay adherent with and then just stack and then stack and compound and compound. It's really difficult if you're not fully at the same spot as someone else to really embody what they're about and to also you know maybe pull something and apply it yourself if you're not fully aware of okay this is them 12 18 years into the making let me go back and kind of look at the beginning today's episode is brought to you by ag1 i first heard about ag1 on other podcast sponsorships like joe rogan experience and it really is the number one go-to to cover your bases for nutrition I take AG1 first thing in the morning. It's part of my morning routine. I wake up, I head downstairs, put one scoop of AG1 in about eight ounces of water. I shake it up and I chug it down. And I know that my nutritional bases are covered. The things that have the greatest impact on your health are the things that you can do every single day and you can stay really consistent with. And for me, AG1 ticks that box. I do it every single morning. I travel with it and I know that my nutritional bases are covered. Since I've been drinking AG1, I can tell after about 15 or 20 minutes that my body starts to wake up, my brain starts to wake up, and it really starts my day off on a really high note. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drink AG1 com forward slash OPP. That's drinkag1.com forward slash OPP. Go check it out. I, I, I think you're right. And I totally agree that when you start with a fit body and, and we talked about this, we share this in, um, I talked with Greg Anderson, you know, for context, uh, Chase has been working with Greg on, on um, endless endeavor um, for, from, from the get, from the get go. Yep. And, and, uh, we talked about, you can't fake a fit body. You can't, you know, you, you could, you could fake, you could fake sleep hacking. You could fake, you know, being uh, a resource for stoicism. You could, you could, you could fake, but you can't fake a fit body. Yeah, It takes work. It takes commitment and dedication. And from that place, you attract people toward you because you do are doing the work. You look good. And when people look good, you attract people. And whether you're trying to be of service or you're trying to start a side hustle in in health and fitness or or not, 
only good comes from that. Only good comes from having a fit body and being, you know, being strong. And I think the, I, I think the world opens up, you know, from, from that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I, so I think that's, I think that's really, really interesting. Um, there's so many different places that I want to go with you today. Um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the side hustle, because I know that this is a big part of your, your origin story is, you know, you wanted the lifestyle of, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, mm-hmm. you, the story that you tell about going from, man, I, I want to have a podcast and I want to create content and I want to build my life around, you know, health and wellness and, and a personal brand. Um, super awesome. And so what advice do you have for people who are interested in starting a side hustle that may eventually become their main thing? I kind of, I feel like I'm going to answer this a little bit differently now than maybe if someone asked me right when I did or a year after I did. For context, I left my full-time position as a clinical health coach, and I was a wellness director for a concierge medical practice, a string of medical practices back east uh, at the end of 2017. So pushing six years now. What I would say now is what I would say then plus, because I feel like the landscape has kind of changed. And I feel like we, the collective we here, do have so many more types of opportunities at our disposal. We have so much more that we can try that we can fail forward with that might just lead us to the success part, not necessarily the fulfillment part. First, I want to talk about the fulfillment. That's ultimately why I built an exit plan, why I decided to leave the security, the paycheck, the benefits, the the everything of my job, despite having loved what I did. I absolutely loved my job. I helped amazing people. I coached and mentored a team of other coaches. And I loved this model of traditional allopathic care, traditional medicine, coupled with fitness and nutrition and holistic lifestyle. But the business side of it, the corporate side of it was making me feel less and less valued and making me feel less and less fulfilled in my work and was building resentment between me and the thing that I grew to love. And so I I wanted to kind of make up, make up for that. And so I I went out and I built things that kind of took the place of that, that made me feel valued, that gave me purpose, that gave me meaning. And then ultimately, I just decided to run fully with that. Because it was just again, like earlier, you know, like fitness, you know, once you kind of get traction with something that you your bare hands and your own wit and, and man hours and, and you know everything have kind of poured into and has turned into something. It's the most contagious thing in the world, I think. But now I still think that's very important to have the fulfillment and to have the joy and to, you know, to get that personal ROI is very, very important, you know, to have that vested why in it or else, you know, you're just going to, you know, be running up against a wall or you're just going to feel like you don't know what you're doing and you're not going to know how to actually make a living with it. But I think, I think it's a little bit different now because with an iPhone, with your laptop, with social media, with a podcast, you can more rapidly now test things to see what kind of maybe that more business ROI you can get. And I think for a lot of people that might work better. If you're looking for something to, to make, I'll say some quick money or to, to, to latch onto maybe you know, a trend or something that's actually worthwhile right now to give you the investment, to give you the capital, to give you that, you know, that revenue flush to then maybe go pursue the thing that you really want to do. It's so easy now to, you know, do a drop ship on Amazon to, you know, create an e-commerce site to, know, to leverage some other platform that could give you some quick wins in terms of notoriety and even financial success, so that you can then have the breathing room and have more of the safety and security to then go into more of the passion project kind of thing. Mm. So I, I, I still think you need to kind of have total awareness of what it is that you're doing and the reason behind it. But I, I think people should have a little bit more 
grace now and self-forgiveness, you know, of being, I'm going to say here, it's like, it's okay to be a little money hungry first. If, if that hunger is coming from a place of passion, purpose, fulfillment, you know, and, and you're going to be able to channel that properly because without that jumping onto another trend, trying to do another, whatever is popular to make a couple quick bucks, you're just going to be stuck in that cycle over and over and over and over again. And best believe it's going to be a short period of time before, you know, you're, you're up against the wall again, you don't have purpose, you don't have fulfillment and you completely lost track of why you started doing this stuff in the, in the beginning. Mm. Um, so I, I think we're in a different place now, both are possible, but absolutely the personal drive and reason are, are totally necessary still. Let me, let me, let me see if i if I hear you correctly, which is that you can't, maybe you, your interest or what you, how you envision your life or how you envision you being of service, making a side hustle that actually, um, not only pays your bills, but makes you a lot of money and supports you and your family. You know, you and I are, are, are doing that daily. So for people who are listening who are interested in that, what you're what I, what you're saying is 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 there are lots of opportunities to make money in a shorter term doing some sort of side hustle, whether that's drop shipping or, you know, building an Amazon store or something that that can make you a quick buck, and then sort of parlaying that into the longer term vision, which may be you know. Um, selling stuff on Etsy or yeah. interior yeah. design or coaching or consulting or something like that. Do I, did I hear that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. That that's helpful. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I think, I think it's also important to kind of keep in mind that if you are of value, if you're showing up and providing value to people, then, then you're going to make money. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're right. Yeah. Like, I think it's important for any some anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur is you have to do something that people are willing to pay for. And that inherently is some sort of value, you know? Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's dancing on TikTok and monetizing ads. Maybe, maybe. I still right? don't know how people make money off that, you know. Let me know if you figure it out, man. I mean, I, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, you know, I don't even have TikTok and I refuse. <laughs> but but maybe, you know, like there's something there, you know, only fans or, you know, like there, there's there are ways to do that, but there's you're providing some value. Maybe it's weird or kinky or whatever. That's fine. But you are providing some sort of value and getting um, financial energy back to you. And if you want to create something else out of that, dream catchers on Etsy or, you know, psychic readings or whatever, like, go ahead. Totally, totally. I mean, so much is possible now. Not to say there wasn't that much that was possible when I decided to transition out, you know, six years ago. But it, I mean, I feel like things grow every day. I feel like every year there's a new platform where you hear about one platform really getting a lot more notoriety. And, you know, look at podcasting, for example what was it 2019 or 20 when Rogan got that nine figure deal from Spotify. At that point, most people still didn't even know what a podcast was. Since Rogan's deal, podcasting has grown by close to, I think one and a half to 2 million new registered shows on Apple podcasts. It, it went from about a million registered shows then to I think three and a half million now. Now, in about 90 days, only three out of 10 typically actually continue on with that. But look, back then it was Instagram, it was YouTube. These were all the places and the platforms where we looked for people who were air quote here, making it or, you know, turning a platform into some dollars. No one was getting brand deals like that on podcasting. You know, you would have thought maybe it would have been a big YouTuber or some IG Fitzbo influencer or something, but I mean, it just goes to show you how one thing can really pop off and then draw a lot of attention to it and, you know, maybe even some quick money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and, uh, and of course, everyone knows that, you know, he's got the biggest platform in the world now. Right. I mean, and, and I don't know about you, but I've been listening to Rogan probably since 2011. Oh, you know, wow, back, wow. Back when, and I, I was, I was, um, I didn't I even know like, what a podcast was, <laughs> not until like 2015, really. Dang. Yeah. I was, I was putting together float tanks 
smoking weed and listening to Rogan and Red Band tell dick jokes when, you know, Damn. the Fleshlight was their only sponsor <laughs> that was created by Aubrey Marcus, right? In a backdoor kind of like homie deal. Like, <laughs> you know, like, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really encouraging to me that the, the Rogan story and, and, and as, as a conspiracy person who is as a person aware of conspiracies and I don't shy away from this stuff. The fact that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Like blew the lid off, uh, you know, the, uh, the thingy narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta yeah. be careful. Cause I got, uh -huh. I got pulled off of YouTube. I've been pulled off of YouTube a couple of times for, Oh damn. Uh, yeah. A couple of times. I've gotten some flags. I've gotten some Have flags you? and notifications a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten pulled. I've gotten pulled down twice. It's been a couple, it, once in a couple of years. Anyway, it's it's this gigantic platform, but he still like dresses up with Duncan Trussell and wears costumes and talks about mushroom trips on top of you know whistleblowing and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's encouraging to me, and, and I'm sure it is to you too. I, I want to go back to some yeah. of the health stuff because you know you and I uh, have interviewed a, a lot of the same guests. Your mm -hmm. your you know the, your background as a certified health coach. Um, sort of a tricky question, but maybe not. What have you changed your mind about when it comes to health over the course of the last couple of years? Have you, have you, have you changed it? That's a really good question. I'll say, I don't know if it's as much I have changed something, but I have certainly let go of a lot of hardcore principles and dare I even say dogma, you know, around what it means to be healthy, what it means to, to be well. I do think uh, I'm gonna give myself a little grace here and that someone who is very, very personally interested in wellness and health and fitness, coupled with someone who pursued it professionally, I had to like I was saying earlier, kind of get specific and get niche, you know, and it was my job, it was my responsibility to deliver very specific pieces of information, very tangible, very digestible pieces of information, action plans, periodization for for clients, for other people, for audience members, because um, that's that was what was expected of me. And you had to kind of give people protocols and you, we were trained to give people mm. uh, recommended or sh I should say um, required dosaging uh, government guidelines, grams, amounts, frequency, time, intensity, all of these things that only come from what the literature says, what the textbook says, what the latest scientific evidence says, and not to knock any of that. I think it's very important, especially if you're someone in the beginning stages of your career, also in the beginning stages of your personal health, fitness, wellness journey, because we need we need that you know okay this is real this has been applied this has been you know correlated and causated to this thing that I'm trying to change, but now, almost two decades into this myself, I can tell you, I've let go of a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I personally believe damn near everything works. It's just a matter of are you willing to test something for a fair amount of time? And I'll say, really, regardless of the variable. Minimum two weeks, honestly, 30 days. It needs to be, you know, everything else as much as possible staying the same, whatever, if it's a new fitness protocol, a new supplement, a, a new meditation, a new anything, two to four weeks really is a fair time frame. And then see if it works for you. Honestly, like screw the science, screw the literature, screw what your coach is telling you uh, to a certain degree. At the end of the day, you will always be your best coach. You will always have a greater relationship get better feedback and know what is working or what is not. If you take the time to be fair with what you're testing and learn how to listen to your body, mm -hmm. this thing, the body, the mind, the emotions, the muscles, the organ systems, the nervous systems, given the right environment and given the right time, they will tell us what is working and what is not, what is making us stronger, what is preventing us from breaking that plateau, what is waking us up at night, what is keeping our cortisol elevated, our anxiety high, diminishing relationships. If we just get still and quiet and long enough to just let it tell us. Hmm. 
there's this phrase I, I heard years ago, I, I can't remember where, and it's still one that I say all the time. Learn to listen to the whispers the body gives us before they turn into screams. Mm. And that I think you apply that to whatever it is you're trying to change or make it become adherent to uh, or add on in your life. Listen to the whispers your body gives you before they turn into screams. Then kind of take your own personal experience and then go to the science, then go to your coach, then go to all these other people and find the right way to, to marry them, to mesh them together. Because there is merit to be had in having a professional, even just someone who's maybe a step or a hundred steps further along on their journey than you to kind of pass back some wisdom and some insight and some perspective uh, that you can't get on your own. So if we can just get better at listening to our bodies and being a fair judge by giving ourselves fair time, I really do think that we can let go a lot of the other protocols and rules and, you know, this is health or this is not health. Hmm. That's really well said. I love that. And I think that that that's a that's in line with oh look we agree again Chase look at that I, I think that's aligned with the future of what health optimization performance optimization looks like which is it's custom to you right mm -hmm. if you ate my plate which is the you know the governmental recommendations you'd like. <laughs> Yeah. Come on, come on. A quarter of all of your calories coming from like wheat, like mm. that, that then maybe not make sense for everybody. I think, I think that the, the future of, of performance optimization of health optimization and medicine is going to be custom to every mm. single person and not just where are you, who are you, but where are you now? Right. Yeah. Like, What's your sleep been like these days? You know, what what have what sort of traumas have you gone through? Have you been sick? Did you take antibiotics in the last two years? Is your gut health totally hosed now oh, because you yeah. took antibiotics, right? And if yeah. so, how can we create, you know, probiotics that are specific to what you need in your body? I think that's the future. And that goes against um the food pyramid and it goes against my plate and and maybe go against balanced macros or whatever, you know, sort of you know, oh my god, yeah. Right. I, I mean. I, I think what you said is also a really important takeaway. How, how often and how many of us latch on to the thing that worked back then, mm. who we are now, you know, I'm 37 years old. And over the last two to three years, for the first time in my life, in my, you know, really two decades now of kind of really trying to maintain a certain level of physical fitness and wellness and optimization, really the last two to three years, I've really had to get very real uh, with the fact that Chase, you're aging, like biologically, your biology is at a different place right now. For most humans, and especially for guys, after 30, it's almost like clockwork, things just don't work the same way. And to some varying degree, our hormones are different, our lifestyle is probably different, our stress levels are different. Our relationship status is probably different. Our professional career is totally different. We are in a totally different phase of our life and we're quite, quite literally a different human being. But since we've had success in the past and we've known, all right, mm -hmm. if I train this way for this amount of time, these amount of days, and I take these supplements or I abide by this diet and I go to bed at this time, I got these results back then. And then we want, we wonder why we're so frustrated now when like, oh, this shit works. You know, I used to be shredded. I used to be so strong. Or I used to be so much more happy. Or I used to be insert any other thing here. Sure. Yeah, bro, my friend, my brother, like, I love you, but take a look in the mirror, <laughs> get a new set of labs, especially after 30s, just reevaluate your situation. You know, we we're trying to still force these variables that we're trying to force this square peg into a round hole when we used to also be a round peg in the round hole. But you know, bro, we're different now. <laughs> you know, yeah. things are different. Yeah, the the uh, the chicken breast and brown rice every single you know four times a day may not work for you anymore, yeah. Broski. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, maybe that still might work for you, but man, it's way more difficult for you probably to like actually abide by that diet. You're probably way more stressed out about it because, as much as maybe you don't want to admit admit it consciously, your goals have changed. Mm. You know, you maybe you, you're forcing yourself to stay in a certain body composition. I, I think. A lot of guys can relate to this. We used to be stronger. We used to be leaner. We used to, you know, be more jacked, whatever. 
We used to be able to run longer, have a shorter runtime or whatever that thing is. And so we still kind of forced this on ourselves because we equated that to performance. We created that to happiness. We equated that to, you know, people liking us, whatever that thing might be. So are you quite literally still force feeding yourself this goal that you don't have any or don't have as much of an affinity towards anymore? That's mm -hmm. okay. And mm -hmm. I can personally tell you this is so true. It was way easier for me to let go of these things that I was struggling to maintain. I was struggling to stay adherent to that I know worked for me in the past and gave me a great result. I realized I really don't like, I don't care about that as much anymore. I'm totally cool with having a four pack. I'm totally cool with, you know, not PRing every month. I'm totally cool with whatever I'm still egotistically or historically trying to stay latched onto. Hmm. This is a time to reflect on what actually matters to me and reevaluate my goals. What is going to be adherent for me now? What I actually care about? What is realistic for my life and my schedule now? And, you know, I'm still trying to keep a certain physique. I'm trying to keep a certain weight, a body composition, you know, energy levels, lifestyle, all these things, but I don't need them to be what they used to be five years ago, what they used to be a decade ago, personally speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's great. Um, I think that the last three years have, have shook up a lot of people's norm. And I think that it should have shook up everybody in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. If it didn't, you haven't been paying attention and sleepwalking and undoubtedly your priorities have shifted. Your lifestyle has shifted. Your view on the world has shifted. Your relationships have shifted. Um, and so you can't go back to what you were doing five years ago or 10 years ago anymore because you're a different person now. Ugh, yeah. Your blood is different and your body composition is different. I want to I want to tap into a, a podcast you did recently, and then I still have a couple more questions. So I if let's hammer through this stuff, Chase, because this is I'm loving this. You, you mentioned recently that you stopped taking TRT. Can you give us just a like a, a sort of I'm not I don't know why I'm telling you to go fast, but <laughs> can you can you sort of unpack that for us? Why why did why did you start? And why did you stop? Yeah, I'll be totally honest. Two very personal reasons. One, I'm in a place in my life where my fertility health is my new priority. Uh, I'm still keeping sleep up there, but my wife and I are very serious about wanting to try for children, and I'm wanting to maximize everything I can do to make sure my fertility health is at its peak performance. And it's not true for every single person, but for the vast majority of guys out there that are on testosterone replacement therapy, you are going to diminish your chances of getting pregnant, your fertility health goes down. So that's just where I'm at right now with my personal wellness goals. Fertility is really up there. So I'm trying to maximize that Two, oddly enough, one of the main reasons why I wanted to get on TRT uh, to boost back motivation to help with my body composition. It definitely did all of that. But I was actually having some pretty gnarly skin breakouts, uh, shoulders and back and stuff. And I should have kind of known this, you know, myself, uh, I'm more I'd say, uh, breakout prone in general, you know, I, I sweat a lot, you know, I have oily skin. So, you know, even despite whatever my skincare routine is to keep all that at bay, the testosterone really kind of amplified that. And I actually did some more research. And I found out that what it does at a little bit higher levels, when someone is on higher levels than their norm, like their homeostasis level, it actually kind of thickens the blood a little bit. So actually, you know, the blood, not like a full coagulation, but it just doesn't really have anywhere to go or excuse me, it needs more places to go because it's getting thicker. So that's why you kind of get more, um, you know, breakouts and clogged hmm. pores and things like that. So I was stronger, I had more muscle mass, but you know, my confidence went down and my personal comfort level went down of, you know, taking my shirt off more, you know, because I was like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, I got like a uh, breakout is it, you know, it just wasn't seem kind of counterintuitive. So uh, two main reasons for me. Ah, got it. Got it. That's Wonderful. That's really, I think, important to know. And I think that's a really good disclaimer and reminder for any gentlemen listening right now who are interested in making some babies. You know, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't know that everybody yeah. knows that, you know. Yeah, especially I don't recommend, you know, this is health coach Chase coming on here saying I don't recommend any guy get on even consider TRT until the age of 30, honestly, even 35. But if you're very symptomatic and you're younger than that or even in that age range, 
uh, even if you're not fully considering having children right now, I would really recommend getting a fertility test done. There are great ones out there. You can even have sent to home. I've used and I love this brand Legacy, uh, but you can go, you know, get your sperm tested. If you're all good to go, you can freeze it. That way you can then proceed with TRT if you want. And then if fertility drops for you, you actually have a great sample to come back to. Hmm. Awesome. Really helpful. Really helpful. Yeah. I mean, you probably want to do a thousand other things before TRT if you're yeah. 20, 28 yeah. or 31, yeah. you know, we, we, we could go down the, the, you know, hormone boosting protocols. Um, I didn't but, consider it until I was 36. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've only, I was only on it for about 15 months, you know, and it definitely, it gave me the, what I was looking for, but, uh, yeah, you know, like I said earlier, your goals change. And so why yeah. should I stay latched on to something that, you know, I'm no longer in alignment with? That's an important, that's another important lesson is, is to know what your goals are and be willing to change them and adjust the lifestyle, what you eat, how you spend your time, how hard you work, when you rest accordingly, you know, have the, have the commitment to that. Um, I'll say one other thing real quick, yeah. just re- sum up that TRT thing is uh, most, gu- most guys, when you get off of it, your fertility does come back, give it you know, a couple months, you know, your body will begin to produce testosterone more endogenously. Um, it, you know, mm. it, it'll kind of recalibrate for most for most guys, but there is a chance for some that it doesn't. So just do your due diligence. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So there's a there's typically a dip after you stop. And then mm-hmm. oftentimes, it will kind of ramp back up naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, awesome. Or, or do you take BioPro plus too? I'm not familiar with that. What's that? Oh, Greg, uh, Greg Anderson, uh, takes it. It's, um, it's a deer antler velvet product. Oh, oh, familiar with uh, that one? yeah, I have one from, a, a new product I'm trying, um, Jackson's naturals. It's, oh. uh, the same thing. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I got it. I haven't started trying it yet. Actually. It's a good reminder. The it's the, I mean, uh, the, the, it's been, I'm 40 and I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, I haven't taken any TRT or, or anything like that. Um, the product is fucking insane. It's yeah, so you look great, man. You don't look like 40 shit. <laughs> Whatever you're doing is great. Shit. I try, dude. Yeah. I try. I try. Yeah. I, I'm doing, I'm doing lots of stuff. Um, this episode is brought to you by bio pro plus the non-synthetic HGH alternative that works so incredibly well. And I'm going to talk to you about how I use it and why I love it. And then I'll tell you some of the details about what it is and how it works. Number one, I do not exaggerate when I tell you that BioPro Plus is the most effective supplement I've ever taken to enhance vitality. So that's energy, metabolism, that is sleep, that is libido. All of those things have been enhanced since I've been taking it. And so many of my coaching clients and you listeners can attest to that. It's super simple. It's literally the first thing I do in the morning. After I wake up and use the bathroom, I unscrew the cap to a little tiny vial of the liquid, and then I just pour it underneath my tongue, and that's how I start my day. I can usually start to feel it after about 30, 45 minutes. BioPro Plus is the faster, easier, and safer non-synthetic alternative to painful, expensive, and invasive anti-aging and hormone treatments. Before you do TRT, before you start taking a bunch of herbs that may not make you feel the way that you want to feel, you should try this. Go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. You know, you know that a sponsor is a hit when people who have purchased it reach out to me and say, holy cow, Sean, I tried this and it's amazing. It's blowing my mind. It makes me better at everything that I do. I love having sponsors like this that really make a difference in people's lives. And this product is, it's absolutely incredible. It's growth factors, and amino acids that will help you improve your hormones, become better at everything that you want to do. So go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. Um, I also just I also just did got some blood work done through a company called Opt Health um, and um, was pleased by my biological age came back as 32, which was a nice little surprise. Um, yeah, yeah, I've done that as well. I've done a couple comprehensive labs, genetic testing. Uh, I think I'm running like like six years younger, like than my my chronological age to biological age. Yeah, nice. Yeah, well, whatever you're doing is working. <laughs> Something to this health stuff, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It works if you work it. Yeah. 
a couple more questions and then a final fill in the blank question. Working as a full stack podcast juggernaut and being a health coach and having your own podcast and moving and shaking and going to New York and LA and doing all the things that you do. I've been, I've been curious about this idea around the importance of curating your media that you expose yourself to. It's super easy to get stuck on bull crap. Um, yeah, I mean, watching the news, you know, local news in the night is not, not a good idea. And so I've been, you know, working with clients of mine and, and really asking people to be mindful about what media they are consuming because it does shape your reality and shape your worldview. What do you consume? You know, what, what, how do you think about that? This, the sort of curating your own media content to shape your worldview and, and Question two is what do you, what do you, your resources page on your website gives a, a you know, a tip. Oh, of that the needs cap. an update. That needs Does an update it? for sure. But uh, some classics in there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so how do you think about that issue and what do you, what do you pay attention to? When it comes to what we consume actively or passively, we're constantly bombarded these days by, by media, social media, news, there's either something that we can watch, we can read or we can hear, I think damn near every waking moment of the day. For me, actually, one of the ways that I'm most mindful about what I'm consuming is when I see anybody else, a friend, a family member, my wife, someone on on the bus, the train the whatever, when I see another human being, on their phone or reach for their phone, that actually has now become a cue for me to make sure I put mine down or I don't have it in my hand. I get aggravated, I get frustrated, and this is just a me thing, I guess, but when I'm out walking or when I'm in line or I'm traveling, how many other human beings are not where they are? They're not present. Do we really need to quickly catch up and scroll for three and a half seconds while we're waiting for the barista to pass us our coffee yeah. or, you know, we're at a stoplight. No, let me check my phone. Let me check my phone. Now I'm not saying I'm perfect. I definitely, you know, still grab it every once in a while, but I think the greatest thing for me and what I'm consuming is just, you know, having this trigger now to make sure I'm not consuming because I, I'm just trying, a pro I guess, overarching goal here is for me to introduce a higher state of pr being present and to just be where I am. If I'm at a stoplight, be at a stoplight. If I'm waiting in line, wait in line. Here's an opportunity to like talk to somebody or you know, just think, you know, here's a novel thought. What if we just thought more? So I hope that kind of answers your question. But for me, I'm actually more triggered to make sure that I'm not consuming. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I am, I honestly, I filter things a lot. You know, if, if it's not anyone that I have in the last 30 days interacted with, DM, talk to, you know, I, I, I will unfollow people, unfollow pages. Again, going back to what we're talking about earlier, maybe that person, that thing, that page served me then. It was more in alignment with my goals then. It was more in alignment with how I chose to spend my time. And, you know, now it's just totally different. So I think by putting the phone down more often and then whenever I do pick it up, being more intentional about it. In fact, I, I more often than not, I will schedule phone time. So to kind of help keep me from in between tasks and things, just checking my phone and picking it up, I will intentionally, all right, here's 10 minutes, here's 20 minutes. Maybe it is just a mindless scroll to kind of just, you know, be human and just hit the dopamine. Or maybe it actually, if from the business perspective and the networking and the connections and just real human being to human being experiences, I'm going to go on and be intentional and be social on social media. I'm going to DM people. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to send voice memos. I'm going to do these things and actually use it for what I think it probably was actually made for, you know, maybe that's, that's dreaming, but um, that's kind of where I'm at with that. That's great. Yeah. That, so remind me, I'm sorry, the, the second part of the follow-up. Well, what, well, you kind of answered it, which is, you know, who do you follow? What are you interested in when you curate mm. your media? Well, let, let me ask, let me ask a, a sort of caveat to that question. Yeah. You know, what, what's your favorite podcast? 
Honestly, my level of consumption across the board and all social media platforms and podcasting is very, very low. The more that I have turned into a generator, or I guess uh, I've always been a generator, but the more I've turned into a creator, my consumption has dropped significantly. I used to consume probably three, four podcasts a day. Now I will maybe listen to three, four, five a month. I've become much more selective. Wow. Yeah. Now I do think a lot of that has to do with, um, as a professional podcaster, a lot of the shows that I started listening to and that I still respect and want to listen to, um, I've probably already had that guest on my show or it's coming up or it's a topic that I'm already very familiar with. You know, I, I've kind of, I'm at like a personal saturation point with a lot of this type of content. Maybe that's on me to, hey, Chase, broaden your horizons and get out of the health and fitness and wellness and personal development. Go listen to fiction or go listen to a business or something. But I really don't consume that much, much of anything. It has to be wow. a very specific topic or a very unique guest. If I had to pick one that I listen to most frequently now, still probably a couple times a month, probably Huberman Lab. Hmm. Um, I, I just really enjoy the granular scientific level of information that he presents in a very digestible way. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably, probably Huberman lab. And then, yeah, honestly, that's, that's really about it. That's um, staggering three or four a day to three or four a month. That yeah. is, that's insane discipline. Is that the military training coming in to <laughs> like, maybe, maybe, honestly, I, I think for me, it's just the realization in my journey, especially going from working nine to five to having a side hustle to creating the side hustle into a thing, and then you know, the, the side hustle becoming the thing, I, I feel like in many ways with content, I have taken the training wheels off. They served me then. Hmm. It, it satisfied, you know, it, it scratched that itch. It uh, gave me a leg to stand on. It introduced me to a lot of great people and, you know, practices, but I also think it helps me get out of comparison syndrome a lot. If I'm listening to a lot of other shows that maybe have a, the same guest on, you know, I don't want that to influence significantly the experience, the conversation that I might have with that guest. You know, I, I might listen to a little bit to kind of just make sure that I'm not going to get the same interview with them. I always try my best to get very organic, unique experiences with people. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't want it to kind of permeate my mind, my, my ego, my aspirations, my everything. So I try to just keep it as fresh and curious. I do have a strong foundation with a lot of this knowledge of I've, I've been doing it for many, many, many years. Um, not to say going back to some things isn't a great refresher. I think we all should refresh on the basics from time to time and just, you know, check ourselves as well. But really reducing my consumption has made me a much better creator. It has hmm. significantly helped my mental health. It's given me back a lot of my time. I'm not just mindlessly scrolling and doing all the things. Um, and it's really kind of helped bring me back to me. You know, the more I detach from the things, well, I got to attach to something. What better thing to attach my time and consciousness and efforts to, you know, is to myself. And it really does kind of help allow me to, to listen to myself better and to, to tune into my body. What are the whispers that my body is giving me? What are the whispers my, my soul is giving me? What desires do I want? Where can I get more creative? How can I fine tune something in the business? You know, if I'm focusing on all these other things and all these other people, I'm not focusing on me and my things yes. that ultimately I feel a responsibility for as a creator. Dude. That's, that's big. That's wise. That's important. I think for people to be reminded of. And when I say people, I mean me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you know, I think to go back directly answer your question, Manuel, especially like my resources page on the website, the one thing that I've been going to every day for about eight years now, honestly, since 2015, this sounds lame out loud, but when you look at what it is, it's the most refreshing thing in the world. I've been reading the same book every day for eight years. Ryan Holiday's The Daily Stoic. Mm -hmm. It's like a little devotional. It's, you know, the day's date. It has a quote from a, a Stoic and then a little expansion point, maybe a paragraph or two. That book helped me tremendously when I was at a place in my life when I was looking for meaning, when everything around me was seemingly falling down. That book allowed me to start my day with intention. 
and it gave me a starting point that I could that I could interpret and make my own that also I felt alignment to the, these great leaders and thinkers of the world hundreds, thousands of years ago that are talking about things that are still very relatable today because they're a human and I'm a human. They're in pursuit of more, I'm in pursuit of more. Every day I read this book, I open it up and I read that passage and it's the first thing I've shared out on social media for eight years. Hmm. First thing on my Instagram story. But it's not lame in the fact that I'm reading the same book every day, year after year, because today, Today's passage, I am not the same human being I was this day last year on that passage. Mm. It, is a, it is a reminder, it is a refresher to go back to these foundations that have served me, but also a reminder that I am not the same person. So I should be getting something new, I should be getting something different, or I should be very affirmed in my relation I have to that still. Some things, we don't need to be changing everything. Some things can I think should stay with us in that capacity for a long time, or maybe even ever, if they're that good and that in alignment to our core and our values and our soul and our why. But that's the one thing that I come back to day after day, year after year. That's great. That's really great. Yeah. Well said. I love, I love the distinction between like omitting things, omitting to sort of simplify and reduce to get more in touch with yourself, but also staying consistent with the stuff that you know that works, with stuff right. that you know inspires, right? Like, uh, I just think that's really great. And 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 I think I want to invite everyone listening right now to think about what that means for them. What what things could you omit just today, tomorrow, that might help you get more in touch with yourself, develop your intuition, be more present with your family, right? What can you omit today? And what things have served you in the past that might still serve you? Maybe it's reading a passage from the Bible. Maybe it's stretching, you know, maybe it's uh, some affirmation or yeah. something like that. Like wh whatever that thing is, like if it served you in the past, it might still be useful for you. Yeah, that's great. It reminds me of uh, another rule I have in my, my, my ever forward rules that I live by. And it's just simply remove obstacles greater than sign pressing the gas pedal by just omitting, you know, we're not missing out by, by removing these things, these obstacles, sometimes the obstacle is us by focusing sometimes more on just removing those things. We don't need to just hammer down and go, go, go and consume, 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 removing obstacles, sometimes way greater than just throwing down the gas pedal. Absolutely agree with that. A hundred percent, 100 percent. That's so great. Man, Chase, uh, I mean, it, you know it's a you know it's a good podcast when the podcast host just keeps shaking his head up and <laughs> you know like I'm just nodding my head like a yeah, bobblehead man, yeah. doll this for an hour <laughs> you know like yeah I I love the philosophy I love your approach I I we're, you've got this God given silky voice you know like you were bound <laughs> to do a podcast I'm sure you get this all the time but like yeah honestly. If it wasn't for that feedback, I, I don't know if I would have really pursued it, or at least not when I did. Quick little story there. Ever since puberty hit, really, uh, I've been getting this comment, oh, you got a great voice, you got a radio voice, you should do radio. Yeah. And radio never really clicked for me, and I've got an uncle that you know was in radio his whole life and even was one of the original guys that helped launch Sirius Satellite Radio. Huh. And he was always like, Chase, come in, let's do a demo, let's do a demo. I was like, I don't really, man, radio's not my thing. But rewind back to 2015 when I was telling you I was really kind of embarking on my personal development journey. Um, someone and I found podcasts and I was listening to them and it was just a great way to kill time and I was learning. I got that same comment I had been getting for years, for years, but for whatever reason, I actually finally heard it. Mm. What I mean by that, people have been telling me for most of my life, I like listening to you. When you talk, I listen. And I, I want to hear what you have to say because it's just enjoyable. And it clicked for me then, okay, well, maybe, maybe this platform is the one. Maybe podcasting is it. I already know people like listening to me, so I kind of got that covered. And it, it kind of echoes very strongly this other phrase that I love to, to use and say. I can't take credit for it, but pay attention to the gifts that others already receive from you. And literally my voice 
was a gift that others were already receiving. And I think that's a great kind of capstone here to our point earlier of, you know, the side hustle and, and maybe you're struggling with what to do or how to do it instead of maybe grasping at straws or trying to grab something that's hot right now. What gift do others already receive from you? Are you the person that everybody comes to for relationship advice? Do you whittle the best wooden ducks? You know, I, whatever that thing is that people are already complimenting you about or coming to you for lean into that. I did. And it's definitely worked out for me. Beautiful. Beautiful. What an inspiring message. Where can people find you if you could make one request? And I have a fill in the blank question here at the end, but um, uh, if you if you could make one request to this audience or or point them in one direction, where would you have them go? Come on over to the podcast. That that's my that's my baby. That's really my only call to action. If living a life ever forward, if bringing awareness to your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well being is of interest to you then come check out Everford Radio. Uh, I do solo episodes. I do guest interviews. We know experts in all areas of, of nutrition, of wellness, of entrepreneurship, of, of love, of medicine, of everything. And we've got actors, singers, celebrities, authors, community members that just, you know, are meaningful to me. Anybody that I feel kind of embodies that mantra of living a life ever forward, how they have turned an adversity into an advantage. You know, they're here to kind of share that story with others. So come take a listen. I'd appreciate it. Mm, awesome. So this last question I've asked hundreds and hundreds of times, this is a fill in the blank question that everyone gets. And this can be based on anything. This doesn't have to be specific to any one topic or area. And you can elaborate as middle as little or as as much as you'd like, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing that they are exactly where they're supposed to be. mic drop. Chase Tuning, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance yeah. Podcast. My pleasure, man. Great questions, great time, and hopefully some great takeaways for everybody listening. Thank you, guys.